Welcome to Gateway Church Wirral Online. We're so delighted that you're with us this morning. So great that you can be a part of our live streamed gathering. Just to welcome you to this space and what we're all about. Um, to say that we as a church, we're all about seeing people meet with God, encounter him for all his goodness and his grace and for lives to be changed by him. As a church, we want to see a world transformed, made better and better through every life transformed by the grace of God. So our hope and our prayer for you today, meet with Jesus in the things that we're saying, in the things that we're singing, in the way that we're opening up the word of God, which is alive for us today. We want you to know Jesus, know that he loves you, know that he has a plan for your life. And as we're going through our gathering this morning, do please connect with us here in this live stream space. You can fill in our connection card. The tab, I think, is at the top of your screen. Request prayer if you'd like to. There are great, friendly people who would love to pray with you. And do just connect with us in any and every way that you'd love to. As a church, we gather. That's what we're about today. When we come to the close of our gathering, I'll tell you how you can connect with us going forward into the week. So have a really great time. Be blessed. Enjoy yourself and enjoy Jesus, we pray. If you know that you're a child of God, why don't you lift your heart and lift your hands. Let's lift our voices and let's begin to praise God. Because he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And part of freedom is the ability to praise him according to who he is. Part of the, part of the, the wonder of freedom is we get to know God. And we get to experience him in, in, in more and more of his glory. And we know that our God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. And part of the wonder of freedom is not only do we get to know God in all of his goodness, but he defines who we are again according to his goodness. You are not who you thought you were. You are not the product of your brokenness or your shame or your hurts, you are free. You have been set free by Christ Jesus and everything that he has been with you through and continues to journey with you through, he is using so that you might continue from glory to glory. Part of freedom is the understanding that I'm not who people say I am, I'm who Jesus says I am. Part of the understanding of freedom is that Christ is in me and he's in you and is in us and this is the hope of glory Jesus is alive and he's alive in us is there anybody who's alive here this evening yeah shall we say thank you to Jesus thank you to Jesus for setting us free we praise you dear God we praise you glorious Savior we praise you Jesus hallelujah 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Que te amo. Sorra catamada tia. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you, dear God. We praise you, dear Spirit of the living God. That where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's freedom. And Lord Jesus Christ, we want to embrace these truths, but moreover, God, we want to live according to these truths. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, God, that this evening as we celebrate who you are, what you have done and what you are doing, Jesus, Jesus, would you break chains this evening? I know that's what you do. 
Lord Jesus, it's the experience of many of us that you have broken the chains of sin. But Lord Jesus Christ, we're asking again, God, if there are other chains either that we've allowed to accumulate on our lives, maybe even things that we've brought into our lives, we can do these things. We confess before you. If there are chains that circumstances or others have placed upon us, God, would you set us free? Would you set us free, Lord Jesus? And God, I pray that you would grant us uh, the boldness of your spirit, Lord God, not to, to, to live according to lies, but to live according to truth. Your truth, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that the truth is that Jesus did die for our sins. He was buried and he did rise again. He has broken the power of sin and of death and of hell. And we are free. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you. We praise you. Oh, praise God. He is good. He is good. There's there's scripture, isn't there? And I remember, um, because I've been singing church songs for quite a few decades now. So I remember the good old cheesy ones. Um, but we used to sing these scriptures. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. And when you read that in the scriptures or when you sing the song, you think, well, what does that even mean? Doesn't that just seem like saying the same thing over and over again? I think there's a, there's a profound reality that speaks to the human condition, doesn't it? That, that freedom needs to be more than a concept. You know, Christ has set us free. But too many of us, we allow that to be abstracted from our experience. And our circumstances speak more loudly than the gospel in our lives. Truth of the matter is, our own minds, our understanding speaks more loudly than the gospel. Our hearts speak more loudly than the gospel. Everyone around us speaks more loudly than the gospel. Let the gospel speak to you. This evening, if you don't do anything else, could you preach freedom to your own hearts? Would anybody do that this evening? Come on, are you with me? Are you with me? Please, you know, my heart for you is that nobody would walk out of this place tonight still under a a yoke of bondage, as the Scripture goes on to talk about. We're not to be subject to such things. It was for freedom that Christ has set you free. What do you think Jesus has done for you? He set you free to walk in freedom, to live in freedom, to think according to the freedom of the gospel. Be vibrantly alive in the freedom of the gospel. Amen. 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 I think we'll have to come back to that in a minute. But we will. That's all right. Do you want to take a seat? Just for a a little bit. That's okay. Um, And and just for a moment or two, we're going to take some seats and we're going to hear some stories. And um, and we're going to hear stories of, how should I put it, unfolding freedom. We're going to hear stories of... Of, of kind of, you know, the, the gospel growing. Uh, because what we want to understand is that the work of not only a scattered Sunday, but the work of our transformed communities and indeed then of our whole church is an ongoing process. I think sometimes as Christians, we, we kind of fool ourselves into thinking that we're going to arrive at the destination at some point here on this earth in this life. Does anybody know that the destination is a little bit further on? Yeah, Um, but it's okay because Jesus has come to us. He's a very good companion on the journey. Um, Our stories as a community of faith are always ongoing stories. We celebrate the process. We delight in the disasters. 
Yeah? We rejoice in the rejections. I'm going to get alliterative here. We're just going to keep going with it. Um, yeah? Um, I've run out. I'm done. Um, but we want to appreciate that actually seeing people come alive in Christ is not just a momentary thing that is kind of done and dusted and we put it on the shelf and say, well, that's finished then. No. No. The gospel is an ongoing work. The kingdom of God is coming. It is now in Christ Jesus. It is not yet in its fullness. The only destination we have is Jesus. It's the only destination. And the fullness of that destination will be when he comes. As far as I'm aware, that's not happened yet. Anybody want to fill me in? No, have I missed any? No, I've not missed anything. In which case, we keep going. We keep going and we celebrate the journey. That's what we're going to do just for a few moments. And um, I think there's three folks this evening who are going to come and celebrate the journey um, with me. So I think Abel and Libby and Erin are going to come, all come together. I think it'll be quicker and simpler that way. And they're going to talk, um, not in an abstract sense, but they're going to talk specifically about the journey in transformed communities. Because we don't journey alone in our church. We journey in community, full of the gospel, and I'm going to be quiet, and thank you. Thank you, thank you. Good evening. Uh, this should make you to do everything you can to be part of your community and go out there. And that's what we did this morning. Um, we were going to use inside of a building. We couldn't gain access. But God was so gracious, so we stood outside. And outside was very good. What we decided to do after we had a time of worship, then we decided to do a prayer walk on an open field with the fact that if anybody comes our way, we talk to them. And it then happened this afternoon, well, around afternoon, that a lady with two big dogs came our way. It was first with Isaiah talking to her. And then I was looking at this lady from afar. I think I know her, but I wasn't very sure. So we went to her and we were chatting to her about God loves her. And we asking her about, is there anything we can pray for? I don't think she thought there was anything. So anyway, we prayed. And then I looked at her and said, I think I know you. And then she said, I think I know you. And I said, oh, is Dr. Abel? And that's what I get called for many years. And then he happened to be somebody I know. He, she herself wasn't my patient. But our husband was, who is late. And that gave us opportunity of chatting even more. And then she told us about she's now going to the hospital. She doesn't want to die yet because she needs to look after two dogs, which is. <laughs> I thought I don't want to die yet for more important thing than two dogs. <laughs> uh, but that's her priority. And so we had the opportunity of praying for her about the serious health condition that she had. And as she was going, we said, one thing we want to, because she was saying things about if God loves her, why has he not sort, sorted out all these evil people? 
But I like what Isaiah said, and he just said, it is the response of our heart that will make God to sort out evil in our lives. And I just like that. And so we had that opportunity, and if we had sat in our church this morning, we probably wouldn't have that opportunity. We had that opportunity, and I just wanted to keep praying for her. Her name is Flo. Keep praying for her that the little interaction we had will lead to something concrete in our life. Praise God. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, in Canada, it's Thanksgiving weekend, and so our half-mile community, we decided to embrace that to the full. So we hosted a Thanksgiving dinner this morning with the idea of inviting along those who are either on the outskirts or brand new to our community. Um, and we just had a genuinely nice time um, sitting in our house in the most comfortable fashion, chatting with each other, commenting on how comfortable all of a sudden we are with each other, a group that outside of church would never have the opportunity to come together. Um, we're coming together in a way that feels increasingly like family. Um, we have one member of our community who sadly couldn't be here this morning because she found out yesterday she has to isolate and she was devastated that she couldn't come because she was so looking forward to it. Um, but I had the pleasure this afternoon of driving to her house and dropping off extra food from our meal this morning and telling her how much she was missed. Um, and as I sat down this evening, there was a message, not to me, but to our community group, which she's just joined the chat of just to say how thankful she was and how much she appreciated the thought that people were thinking of her. Um, and I think she has never experienced, I don't, I don't even think within her own family, she's experienced the community and the love that she's feeling from, from our half mile community. And I think that she's trying to express that to us. And so it was just a genuine pleasure that as, as we've committed to meeting together on a weekly basis, but also on our scattered Sundays, that we genuinely are becoming a church family, a small family away from the larger gathering. Uh, and we just really enjoyed celebrating together this morning. And if anyone to stop. Um, we young adults met at New Brighton and we had brunch together. Um, and then we went on a walk after, but it was really nice because we had some new people join us um, who again, as Aaron said, we'd never meet if it wasn't for church. Um, and then we had some of our old members join us too. So it was pretty relaxed, but it was nice to see some new faces. They're fantastic stories, aren't they? The stories of, of process and of delight. And look, if, if you love Jesus, then the, such a funny thing happens, doesn't it? That you love people. Um, or is it, is it just me? Um, and uh, well, if it is just me, then it's very surprising because your pastor is in, in, incredibly introverted and, um, and quite grumpy as well. I don't know whether you've noticed that about me. Uh, no need to answer now. Uh, but I am. But, but Jesus loves people. And the more that you spend time with Jesus, the more that you start to love people as well. Um, and wondrously, you do that because you, you know quite how much Jesus loves you. Does anybody here know that Jesus loves them? Yeah? I hope you do. Would you stand with me? Not just if you know that, but just stand anyway. That would be great. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray right now. We're going to come and be led again in worship. But I want us to pray right now. 
pray for your transformed community. Uh, pray for the people of your community, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray also for those that you're connecting with, uh, the people that you're just kind of randomly connecting with, the people who are kind of wanting to be a part and they're perhaps not even quite sure why. Pray for the other transformed communities that you're aware of in the church. Pray for these stories um, that we've been told of this evening. Let's pray for each and every one. Jesus, we want to love one another well, and we want to love people so that they can come from being far away from you to being close to you. Lord Jesus, we believe that love will make that journey. God, help us. Church, come on, let's pray. Come on, just spend a moment or two right now Pray. Pray for people. Pray for people. Love people with prayer. Would you do that right now? Love people with prayer. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ, you have commissioned us over and over again in the way of love. You have invited us to love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that invitation is only possible because you have loved the change in us to enable that. And Lord Jesus Christ, having brought us into a relationship of love with yourself, you then commission us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Lord Jesus Christ, you said that this is how the people around us will know that we follow you by the love that we have one for another. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for each and every person who is a part of Gateway Church, for everybody who is a part of all of our transformed communities. God, would you grow us and deepen us in love one for another. Lord Jesus Christ, we don't just want to like each other. We don't just want to tolerate one another. We don't just want to have things to do with each other. We want to love one another, God. Because Jesus, you have loved us and you love people and you're teaching us all the time how wondrously precious and fantastically wonderful people are. God, we want to love people so that they stop being far from you and come close to you. Help us in these things, we pray. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the firm, tested, sure foundation of your word the word of God and the word of salvation that you've spoken over us. Lord Jesus Christ, we are confident that our lives can be built upon you. We are confident that, Lord Jesus Christ, you have called together these living stones, these saints, to form a place for your spirit to dwell. Lord Jesus, we are confident that you are building your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So Christ Jesus, the cornerstone, the head, the chief, our Lord in all, build us. Build us and form us around you. Be glorified, we pray. Amen. Amen. You're more than welcome to grab a seat just for a moment or two. And... um, just to explain, um, on these scattered Sunday evenings, we are running a little differently, um, and so I, we will, I will be brief. Um, I always hesitate to say that, because when I say that, it seems to go wrong more than usual. Um, I'm going to do my best, because on these scattered Sunday evenings, um, we aren't uh, necessarily within our normal sermon series. This coming Sunday morning, um, we're going to be starting a new sermon series called Citizens. 
And we're going to be unpacking and understanding, hopefully living according to what it is to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. And there are huge promises and possibilities in that, as well as probably some pretty big challenges as well, I guess. Um, so um, that's going to be beginning this coming Sunday. But um, on each scattered Sunday evening, our, our focus is going to be on one of the Moravian daily readings for the day. And we want to help you um, to order your life around a regular pattern of reading the scriptures. And ideally, we would love for every single person who's a part of our church to be reading the same scriptures day by day by day. It's not because there aren't wonderful scriptures all through the Bible. It's all good, isn't it? And it's not because there aren't a billion or a gazillion different ways of reading the Bible. There are. And many of them are absolutely excellent. It's primarily because we want you to be able to encourage one another in the same scriptures. To be able to answer one another's questions from your insights or experience or understanding. To be able to encourage one another. Say, hey, did you read the Moravian Daily Text in the New Testament today? I felt God was saying this to you. And the person receiving it saying, well, actually, I felt that as well. But I didn't want to say it was all about me. But now you're saying I feel really good. And it's to have these kinds of moments and encounters and to spur one another on in the scripture towards the love and good works that we know that God has prepared for us way in advance so that we could walk in them. Because I don't know whether you realize this, but you are a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. I don't know whether you know this about yourself, but it's true. And, and you know, come on, we need to, we need to start just to, to, to live according to this. Stop, stop practicing false humility. You are a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. Real humility. I think C.S. Lewis put it really well. He said, it's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking, it's thinking of yourself less. And, and the more you're actually kind of removing your focus off yourself and how bad you think you are or how inadequate you think you are or how uh, you know, much you failed or whatever it is, the more that you put your focus upon God, and allow him to speak about who you are, the more you'll live according to the freedom for which Christ set you free. Because too many of us, we think we've got the last word about who we are. That's not Christian. That's anti-Christian. You're opposing the gospel. And God wants to set you free. He wants to set you free. Stop being wise in your own sight. Read the scriptures of one another. That's what we're going to do today, this evening. Moravian Daily Text. And then we're going to dive right back into some worship as we come around the, the Lord's Supper, this table of remembrance. And that's going to powerfully speak to us. At six o'clock, um, as sharp as we can make it, we will have a moment there where if you've got young children um, and you need to get them home to feed them, bathe them, bed them, whatever you need to do, um, then, then go do that. You're more than welcome to, 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 to leave at that point. Um, but at that point, we're also going to just move into a ministry time. We've had a number of words given uh, both last week and this week. And we believe that God's speaking into us as a community. So we're going to share those. We're going to offer ministry one to another and celebrate God in just a time of worship from six o'clock onwards. Um, Moxie said he'd stay until eight. Was that right? Um, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just being cheeky. He was only joking, but you know, um, I said I might, I might go home. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have a cup of tea. <laughs> but we are going to stay for a while and enjoy God's goodness and grace. Right.
Moravian daily text for today in the New Testament, at least one of them, is found in Mark's gospel. So if you've got the Bible with you, um, can I encourage you to go to Mark and chapter 10. But before we start reading, I'm just going to share with you a story. We're going to read the scriptures, just find a couple of things in it. I'm going to share another story and then we'll worship God. Okay, first story. And before we have the scriptures up, could we have that picture of a really big fish? There's a picture of a really big fish in there. Could we have it? Thank you. That, it's a big fish, isn't it? Let me, let, yeah, okay. I think that's, I, that's the most response you've given this evening so far. Uh, you're warming up. Excellent. Clearly quite excited about big fish. Um, the, the reason why I share this is I read this story this week, um, and I, I've shared it multiple times, so forgive me. It just really kind of got my attention. But um, one of the chaps in that picture, I don't know, probably the one at the front looking really pleased with himself, is a guy called Ross Alex. And um, you, you might not be surprised by the look of them to learn that they're Americans. Um, and off the coast of Maine, a town of Belfast, um, they, were, they were fishing um, in, the, in their boat, the Catherine Ann. And they were fishing for lobster bait off the coast. But their nets caught in, well, as you can see, something rather unexpected. They hauled in the catch, which turned out to be a 600-pound bluefin tuna. Oh. Does anyone here like sushi and sashimi? Does anybody like that stuff? Can you imagine how much you get out of that bad boy? Oh my goodness, that'd do me. I'll take it, thank you very much. But they got it in, but they didn't have licenses for this. They were out to catch just little bits and bobs so that they could bait their lobsters. Um, And they caught this and they knew that they couldn't land it legally. So they tried to free this... um, wonder uh, from their nets. They, sadly, they couldn't get it out. The fish passed away. But they thought, look, we can't disrespect this incredible creature by just tossing it back in the ocean, although I'm sure some sharks would probably disagree. Um, they thought, what are we going to do? So they rang in, they rang in um, to the local marine patrol and said, look, if we bring it in, not for sale and all that kind of stuff, but if we bring it in, can we harvest the, the meat and donate the fish to the local soup kitchen? That's pretty innovative, isn't it? And they were given permission to do it, So they brought it in, and they were met by a a, a friendly fishmonger, I guess, and some volunteers. It probably took quite a few of them. And and, and they salvaged around 300 pounds of meat, and they made 350 servings uh, for the local soup kitchen. 350 meals of premium bluefin tuna. That's pretty good, isn't it? It's the first soup kitchen with a Michelin star, probably. That's really great stuff. And, and uh, you know, the, the guy who owns the, the company, J&J Lobster, his name is Jamie. Um, fairly obviously it would be a J, wouldn't it? He said, it was an adrenaline rush, to say the least. This catch will further the mission of the Belfast Soup Kitchen to support hunger relief efforts across Waldo County. And it got me thinking... If I was those guys out to catch just, you know, sprats and mackerels or whatever it was, just bits and bobs, lobster bait, and I got this, wow. I don't think I'd talk of anything else for quite some time. And I, it got me to thinking about, and it, maybe this is a harvest-relevant kind of thing, but what do you think is supposed to be the harvest of your life? What do you think is supposed to be the catch of your life? What do you think God has given you nets for? You know, when he commissions you and he says to you, just like he said to those disciples, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of mankind. What did you think that meant? 
Because I think an awful lot of us think that we're out to catch lobster bait. And God's got some bluefin tuna swimming around. And, and he, he wants to surprise you. And he wants to surprise me. And you're not excited about this, but I am excited about this. Because I love a good surprise. And I want to be surprised. I want God to do something that ordinarily would burst the nets of my life. Um, I say ordinarily because I know that when God brings in miraculous catches of fish, the nets don't even burst. That's how good he is at this. You think that you're out to catch a little bit and bob. You think your life is about a meager harvest. And God speaks a better word over you. But there's a way that we need to get there. Mark chapter 10. Um, and in Mark chapter 10, um, we're going to read from verse 17 onwards. And probably in your Bible, it might be titled something like the rich young man or the rich young ruler. Um, most Bibles have gone away a bit from ruler because there's probably less evidence of that. But anyhow, as he, Jesus, was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him. Now, that's a good way to approach Jesus in both regards, don't you think? Um, I think all too often we sidle up alongside Jesus, just stand there for a bit and wander off. Um, does anybody know that the posture of you physically and mentally and emotionally reflects your spiritual posture? Do you know that that's true? It does. This man's physical demeanor and the way in which he approached Christ reflected what was going on inside of him. He ran up to Jesus. There's no evidence that we've got in the scriptures that Jesus was running. It seems probably quite unlikely, but no matter how fast Jesus was going, this man knew that he wanted to catch up with him no matter what. He knew that Jesus was the only one who could not only answer the question for itself, but could answer the deepest questions of his heart. And I wonder if we don't grab that about the gospel, how can we share that about the gospel? If we're not running hard after Jesus, how on earth are we expecting other people to come and find him? Christian. Not only did he run hard after Jesus, but then he came and knelt before him. Now, you might say, well, that was just fairly ordinary in those days. Well, we need to be a bit more ordinary then, don't we? I don't care whether it was a cultural thing or not a cultural thing. If it was a cultural thing and we don't have that cultural thing, then let's get that cultural thing. Because we need to kneel before Jesus. And he asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Now, don't misunderstand this. Jesus is not saying he's not good. We think good means just kind of nice, doing nice things and getting more wrong than, sorry, more right than wrong. We think that's what good means. Actually, what's being presented here is the idea of fundamental nature of goodness. Or we might say righteousness. And, and if somebody is good, no caveats, no subclauses, no asterisk with a little bit at the bottom of the page. If somebody is good, Jesus is rightly saying they must be God. Because everybody else needs a bit more nuance. Everybody else is a little bit this and a little bit that and a little bit the other. You and I. We can't really be called, apart from Christ, good. It's only Christ that makes us good because only Christ is good. Actually, what's happening here is Jesus is inviting an understanding of his deity. He's saying no one's good except God. So what are you saying about me? That's a really interesting invitation, isn't it? 
It's a really interesting imitation to this man who has run after him and kneels before him. Because when people run hard after God and kneel before him, the heart of God is to bring a greater revelation to those people. If you're running hard after God, you will have revealed to you more about God than those who are ambling along the way. If you're kneeling before God, that's a posture of humility and of surrender and of absolute need. And if you're kneeling before God, God will reveal more of himself to you than the people who are standing thinking they're doing just fine. And so I want to ask you, what do you want? Do you want to see Jesus? Do you want to encounter the living God? Then you've got to stop walking and you've got to start running. You've got to stop standing and you've got to start kneeling. Now, we go through stories like this, and we get to the point at which the, you know where this story's going, most of you. You know that the guy's going to be downcast and walk away because he was very rich. And we get to that point, and we think, aha, I knew there was something wrong with this guy. And we think just because we can discount him for his brokenness, we don't know the end of his story. But because we can discount it for that moment of brokenness, it gives us license, get us off the hook from the remainder. But this man is teaching us. Don't be so proud. Everybody in the Gospels is teaching us. And stop kind of putting them on a scale of, I'm better than them, but worse than them, so I'm doing all right. I'm somewhere in the middle. Just be taught. Be taught to run after God. Be taught to kneel before God. Be taught that this is the way that revelation comes. And it doesn't come any other way. You can meet with the actual God this way. But the question gets answered. God is gracious. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Look, we're going to talk about citizens um, coming up from next week. And this is really what we're thinking about. We're thinking about we're not temporal beings. We're not beings who are, just, who are going to be limited by time or space. God is not limited by time or space. He's everywhere at all times because he has he's created time and space. And his invitation to us is that we're going to live with him. No longer subject to time or space or any of its restrictions or depredations. We're going to live eternally with him. This is a really good question. And I want to ask you, are you eternally minded? You know, it's so easy, isn't it, to get stuck into the things of our ordinary lives that we forget that we're going to live forever with the King of Kings. So, you know, what, what's really driving your life? Is it stuff that's here for like a year or a minute or a week or a day or a whatever? Or is it the stuff that's going to be eternal? Jesus answers the question. And he, we don't have the time, but he, he, just, he runs through basically um, a bit of a grab bag of commandments um, and, and, and the guy says to him, teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. This is not arrogance. It's truth. I think it's, it's evidence to truth because Jesus, verse 21, looked at him, loved him. Loved him. <laughs> you know, when you come with your queries and your confusions and your longings, but your sense that you don't know how to get where you want to go, do you realize that God looks at you with love? Do you realize that? I think sometimes we think, God, I don't know how to conquer this area of sin or, or I don't know how to kind of move in these uh, gifts of the Spirit or I don't know, 
how I ought to make the next step in my life. And we think sometimes that God is looking at us like, what, you don't know that yet? You should have figured that out by now. Come back to me later, young man, when you've figured it. No. What does James say if any of you lacks wisdom? You should ask. And your God will give generously without reproach. Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said, you lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Okay, We don't know how the story ends. We just know how this episode ends. And Jesus then goes on to explain how tough it is, how tough it is uh, for those who place their hope in the wealth Wealthy people often place their hope in wealth. Good-looking people often place their hope in good looks. Healthy people place their hope in health. People blessed with uh, beautiful families place their hope in their families. People with possessions place their hope in possessions. People with skills place their hope in the ability to utilize those skills. People with employment opportunities place their hope in their employment opportunities and their ability to earn and, and achieve success and have a career. The human heart, as Tim Keller put it so well, is an idol factory. This guy was wealthy. And he went away disheartened because his idol, even though he ran to Jesus and kneeled before him, there was an idol he couldn't give up. Many who are first will be last, and the last first, Jesus goes on to say, just before foretelling his death, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to give up all the idols of your life. It's hard to reorient your hope from all of the things that you think are going to satisfy you to the one thing that will. Maybe you've ran after Jesus once upon a time and maybe you knelt before him. But then what he said to you just felt that bit too hard. And so you got up and stopped kneeling. Or you got up and stopped running after him. And you started walking some other way. Your idols won't satisfy. They're the lobster bait compared to the bluefin tuna of what God wants to give to you and to me and to our transformed communities if we'll persevere. And to our church if we'll run hard after him all the time. One last story. And the band can come back. We're going to come and share communion as we draw to a close. There was a story from the London Marathon. I don't know whether you heard it. It's been all over the news just recently. But there was a lady named Angie Hobson from Shropshire. And lots of people ran the London Marathon this year. They were able to do so in person and loads of them ran it virtually, which I was like, I'm all up for running the London Marathon virtually. Does it mean sitting on your couch and imagining it? Apparently, no, you still have to run. Um, you have to run it and then just kind of, you know, say, I ran the London Marathon in, you know, Birkenhead. Um, but she ran it in London. Loads of people ran it, but only one person ran it like this lady because she ran it with a broken leg. Um, she didn't realize she had a broken leg. She's not totally nuts. Um, yeah, there she is. That's her on the, the left, and that's her leg on the right, just in case you're confused which one is which. Um, 
she ran it. She didn't know. 26.2 miles. She was running in, in aid of Parkinson's UK in memory of her mother. Something really good and important. That's what she's trying to do. And, and, she, um, and she, she started uh, to feel pain quite straight away um, at the beginning of the run. Um, I've run before. I always feel pain quite early on. <laughs> but, but she felt a particular pain in her leg. And um, it was pretty mild, though. So she thought, oh, I'll just run it off. You know, maybe it's just a little bit of stiffness or whatever. But by mile six, it was excruciating. And so she briefly stopped. I love that in the story. Briefly stopped. <laughs> I'd be rolling around on the floor saying, take me home. But she got back up. Because she was like, but I'm running for something really important. I'm running in memory of my mom, whom I love so much. And I'm running for a cause that I really believe in. So she got back up, and she decided she's going to walk the, the rest of it. She's six miles she was in. She's got 20.2 miles to, to go for a walk. And she started to carry on. Power walking. I love that. She was like, I'm not just going to hobble my way around. I'm going to power walk this fella. And, uh, and off she goes. And she's getting it done. And, um, and then this, uh, this other lady comes alongside her because her name was written on her, uh, on her um, tabard or whatever because um, she was running for a charity. And it, Angie it was. And another lady came along seeing her struggling. She said, I'm Angie too. And why don't I walk with you? And she put her arm around her. And they started to walk this thing together. They power walked 20 miles, one of them with a broken leg, not knowing she had a broken leg. And she got to the end, and she went to see the medics, and they probably said, you absolute nutter. Um, but they took her to a minor injuries unit the next day, and, um, and she's going she's gonna to recover just fine. And she said she's going to run again loads. When your memory of what is so precious to you is strong. And when you've got a hold of the cause that you're running for, even though it's tough to give up every idol, even though you're going to feel inadequate and you're going to feel like it hurts, and it hurts so bad sometimes, you'll keep running after Jesus because you're not satisfied with lobster bait. You want a bluefin tuna. If your memory is strong of what really matters to you, and your desire to reach that goal for the cause that really counts is strong. A broken leg won't stop you. Would you stand with me? Unless you've got a broken leg. In which case you can stay seated. Come on. We're coming around the table now. We're finishing this portion of our gathering so that families can go. But then we're going to carry on worshipping. We've got some words from God for us to respond to. But right now... I want to invite you. I was going to say, can you, do you want to come and run for, to receive communion? But you don't have to run as long as you want to run in your heart. I, is your memory strong? That lady, Angie, her memory of her mum was so strong that a broken leg couldn't stop her running her race. Is your memory of the gospel so strong that nothing's going to stop you running to Jesus and getting on your knees and saying, oh, satisfy me commission me send me is the cause that you're called for the cause of the gospel so compelling in your life that a broken leg won't stop you come on if you're saying yes 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 then come and take yourself a cup 
and drink it and eat and say thank you Jesus and if you're saying maybe, 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 maybe then come and take a cup and say Jesus would you strengthen what is weak because that's what he does and if you're saying if I'm honest before you God truth is no, 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 no that's not where I'm at but I don't want to stay where I'm at then still come and take a cup would you do that? And confess your life before God. Repent and believe. There's nobody here that can't run a marathon with a broken leg. That's actually, that's truth. I don't mean like, you know, a physical marathon. You know what I mean. Some of you, you're saying, I couldn't do that. You can do that. Because the strength of Christ is made perfect in weakness. There's nobody here that can't respond to the call of Christ. So, Whoever you are and wherever you are, if you're a yes, 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 or maybe, 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 or a really no, and I feel pretty desperate, then this is your table. He is your Jesus. And if you can run, hobble, crawl, find your way to his feet this evening, then he picks up the humble and he fires you up with so much goodness and grace. He is so good. Let's share together. After that, families can go and we're going to carry on in worship. But bless you. Come and receive Christ. Just to reiterate, if if you do need to leave, then please feel free to do so. Um, But we're going to come into a time of worshiping God and responding to his call now. And there have been some uh, messages given both both last week and this. And... um, And I'd like to share them with you um, and invite us to respond um, to whatever may be the call of God. Last week, as we were sharing around our our baptism service, um, one person felt prompted to share. They felt God was laying on their heart to say that the gospel is liberation. Uh, Just as simple as that. The gospel is liberation. And, uh, And then another person in response to what we were talking about, as we were talking about remembering. They felt strongly that the invitation to remember from last week wasn't just for new believers. The invitation to return wasn't just for new believers. That she felt very strongly for herself. It was an invitation to return and remember for the Christians. And she felt that we should say that to the church. There's two messages from last week. The gospel is liberation. And there's an invitation to the church to remember and return. And then just this evening as we've been worshipping a, a third uh, message, an invitation from Jesus to come closer and to rest with him. And the, the, the sense was of resting your head on his shoulder. Coming that close to rest your head on his shoulder. So what we're going to do is we're going to come and worship God that you can stand, sit, kneel, however you want to be. We're going to be led in worship. But if, if you feel that perhaps for those messages, there's some way that you're wanting to respond and receive prayer, I'm going to be present at the front. Uh, I might ask if Nick would join me if, if necessary. And we would love to pray with you and pray that as you respond, as you run to Jesus and kneel before him, uh, that you would receive the the revelation and the the healing and the hope and the rest that you need. So if you need to respond to those things, that's great. 
If there's some other area that you need prayer for in your life, then we'd love to pray for you as well. Um, So let's worship God together as we respond to him. God bless you. Hallelujah. is calling Have you come to the end of yourself Do you thirst for a drink from the well Jesus is calling Oh come to the altar the Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Oh, come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Oh, come to the altar Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Oh, come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with Precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's psalms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar, 
the Father, some sorrow pit wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus join with me and stand up let's honor the king in our presence
from your heart saying this. What a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. Isn't He wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Bow down before Him, for He is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Lift your hands, sing it out. What a Savior, what a
begin to lift up your praises to God. If he is alive in you, just lift up your praise and thank him for his newness of life in us. Thank you, Jesus, for newness of life in you. New creation, not just an upgrade, God. A new creation, a new life in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, church, arise. And put your armor on Be the call of Christ our captain For now that we can say that they are strong In the strength that God has given With shield of faith and bells of truth We'll stand against the devil's lies And army bold whose battle cry is love Reaching out to those in darkness Our call to war, to love the captive soul But to rage against the captors And with the sword that makes the wounded whole We will fight with faith and valor when faced with trials on every side, we know the outcome is secure. And Christ will have the price for which to die, and inheritance of nations. As the Son of God is stricken, then see his foes lie crushed beneath his feet. For the conqueror has risen, and as 
continues till the day every eye and heart shall see him so spirit come put strength in every stride give grace for every hurdle that we may run with faith to win the prize of a servant good and receive prayer and feel that you'd like to do so, feel free to come forward. Pastors and elders are here. We'll stay here for a while. If you want to continue on the presence of God and worship Him, feel free to stay around. But if you need to go, feel free to go as well. May God's blessing be upon you.
All the elders cast their crowns before the Lamb of God and sing. Just as we're continuing in worship, and we may not be here for too much longer, but there's another word brought as we've been worshiping earlier this evening. Um, and a reminder of where the victory comes from the story of Jericho. And you'll remember how it is that um, they march around the walls, but the moment of victory was the moment of praise. And the people were invited to praise, and the worshippers went first, but all the people joined in the praise, and then the walls fell. And it was felt that that was a word for us as a church, not only to invest ourselves in praise, but also um, as we conclude, uh, maybe we can pray for those who have been leading us in worship as well this evening. But as we conclude with this, with this song, the invitation is praise, praise for victory, victory in the battle. Join in in the praise. Let's lift up a shout of praise. And then those who would like to, as we conclude, we can come and pray um, for the team who've been leading us. Let's praise God. All the saints and angels they bow before your throne. All the elders cast the crowns before the Lamb of God and sing, You are worthy of it
to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Once again, it's been such a delight to be able to share together as a church this morning. And uh, we know uh, that taking what God has been doing in our lives, we can go and have wonderful weeks with him. Just to um, invite you um, to journey together with one another as we go through the week. We as a church, we don't just gather, but we get going into what God has for us together. And we have these things called transform communities. We would love to help you to connect with other like-minded people who are exploring God's goodness and grace and seeing how they can be a part of his transforming work in the world. So again, hit us up, get in touch. We'd love to help you to connect. Anything that you need, any prayer requests, do let us know. And we'll love to see you again this time next week. God bless you and bye for now.